0: Listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwara to Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we have on the line right now? Hello, are you there?
1: Yeah, I'm there. Who are you? I'm Kelly. I'm the drummer for the Pierced Arrows. And Kelly, who else is
0: in the Pierced Arrows?
1: Uh, that would be Fred and Tootie Cole. The, uh... <laughs> Matriarch and Patriarch of the Portland rock scene.
0: And Kelly, you play drums. And what do Fred and Tootie do?
1: Uh Fred sings and plays guitar and Tootie things and
0: plays bass. And at your last time in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, of course, the Pierced Arrows are playing tonight. Playing tonight! That's right. At the Biltmore with Vapid and the Manipulators, your last time in Vancouver at the Railway Club. I understand that perhaps 2D passed out. Is this true? Did d pass out at the Railway Club <laughs> in Vancouver?
1: Uh, she didn't quite pass out. She was, she was swaying. And I, uh, you know, I was kind of afraid she was going to pass out. Uh, she wasn't looking too good there for a second. It was it was really hot.
0: <laughs> Has that happened before? Because you and the pierced arrows have done quite a few shows and of course Fred and Tootie have done quite a few shows and you've done shows in other bands like Resist There, Kelly. Has this happened before? Is this unique to Vancouver? Will Tootie um, be
1: passing I out tonight? I, I think it's pretty uh, pretty much unique to Vancouver. I mean we've all played some hot shows, but I think this one uh I think that one is Pretty much acknowledged by all three of us to be about the hottest. That <laughs> you know.
0: And if people are interested in hearing Tootie's voice, you can actually visit nardwar.com, my website, for an interview that I did with Fred and Tootie a couple months ago to help promote that gig that happened in. When was that that you played in Vancouver uh, last?
1: That was February. That was February.
0: In February, in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, at the Railway Club. And the pierce Darrells are playing tonight at the Biltmore in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And I guess I was curious, Sir Kelly, how was last night? The Boundary Bay Brewing Company. Did you play the Boundary Bay Brewing Company?
1: Yes, indeed we did. And, um, you know, as you can imagine, a, a show in a brewery is uh, is a pretty positive thing. So we had a ball. We played outside. We drank a lot of beer good Boundary Bray brewery beer, and it was, uh, it was a good time.
0: Have you played in Bellingham before in any of your bands, Kelly? And what bands have you been in, Kelly?
1: Oh, man, well, I've been in way too many bands to, to, <laughs> to mention. Um,
0: What's your Bellingham gig history?
1: Oh, God, I think I played the first time in about 1990 with uh, my anarcho-punk band, Resist. And uh, you know, on and off with other bands through the years, uh <laughs> Defiance and Severed Head of State and uh you <laughs> know bunch of lots of different bands. We've all been in a million bands over the years.
0: Do you remember the Dunderheads from Vancouver, British Columbia Canada? Yeah,
1: I sure do. Defiance used to play with them and uh we uh yeah, we had some, some wild times back. Where did 15 you years ago?
0: <laughs> where did you play in your anarcho band The Resist in Bellingham? Where did you play? It definitely wasn't the Boundary uh, Bay Brewing Company.
1: No, it was someone's it was doc Ox Garage was the name of the place. And I was actually talking to someone about it last night and the, the he knew the place we played and knew the guy who ran it. Uh <laughs> it was just some kid's garage and um we were a little taken aback because after the show and during the show the kids were hanging out with their parents like doing playing board games and we were just trying to inconspicuously drink our 40s of cheap malt liquor in the uh in the van and the whole thing was just a bit too wholesome for us <laughs> so <laughs> kind Kel- of scared us so
0: kelly from the rock and roll band the pierced you also played in resist are you getting some resist fans coming out to see the Piersteros?
1: yeah there's a there's a little bit of bit of crossover you know
0: um i mean that's an unexpected benefit for fred and tootie getting you in the band isn't it because of course the dead moon fans will come out but what about the resist fans coming out
1: (laughs) yeah that that happens that you know that i yeah it's it's a it's a it's an interesting crossover and it, it works both ways too you know because i'm i'm still in about four other bands and um you know, we all my bands tour pretty much, and I'll be on the road somewhere, and I can usually spot the uh, Dead Moon, Pierce Darrow's fans, and, you know, I'll be somewhere far-flung and, like, see a couple of a couple of characters and think, oh, yeah, okay, they're here for the, the Pierce Darrow's connection. So, <laughs> Kelly, had
0: you played in any bands with Dead Moon in your earlier years?
1: Yeah, we just played with Dead Moon. How
0: many times, and what was the context of the gig, and how did Dead Moon go
1: down? Um. Well, in Portland, you know, the Dead Moon always had a had a good following in the punk scene. So, um, and you know, we were all kids and fans, you know. So, it, they they went down pretty good. You know, we'd play with them at Satyricon, and you know, just way back, way back when, probably like '89 or something. I, yeah, it was it was fun. Is it a, fun?
0: Is a Satyricon still going in Portland?
1: Yeah, it, it is. It's actually even cooler now than it was back in the day because now it's all ages and it's not quite the junky haven that it was back then. You know, it was fun back then, but
0: <laughs> how long has it been all ages?
1: Um, about I guess probably two or three years now. Oh, really? That's cool. Maybe maybe a little longer. I, I lose track, you know. Uh. And
0: you are Kelly from the Darrows playing tonight at the Biltmore in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, with two Vancouver, BC, Canada bands, Vapid and the Manipulators. You're playing with Vapid and the Manipulators, two Vancouver bands.
1: Yeah, it's going to be great.
0: You love the Vancouver bands because I understand you played with White Lung from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada in Olympia. Do you remember that gig, playing with White Lung from Vancouver?
1: Yeah, actually we played with them in Portland. How was that? That was great. Yeah, we played a little art gallery sorta of show and it was uh it was really fun. And uh they were really nice and a good band and uh yeah, I hope to hope to run into some of them tonight.
0: I understand actually now they're looking for a guitar player. They're looking for a guitar player now.
1: Oh, well
0: We're making good <laughs> Is it hard to find a guitar player?
1: Uh, in Portland, no. Everyone plays guitar. It's hard to find drummers and bassists.
0: And we actually have an email question for you, Kelly from the Pierce Taros. And you're listening to Kelly from the Pierce Taros live here on the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. The Pierce Taros are playing tonight at the Biltmore. And it's from Stainsfan at gh.com. And it says, please, 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 can you ask Kelly if they can please, please, please play It's OK Tonight?
1: Well, if uh, if Tootie doesn't pass out from heat stroke, there's a strong likelihood that we'll play that song just for you.
0: Has that been included in recent sets, It's Okay? Because I know there's a video clip of Tootie and you guys playing it at the railway club. Has that been included in past sets?
1: Um, sometimes. You know, I mean, we don't, you know, we uh, we, we try and kind of switch in the Dead Moon material just because, you know, we don't want... I don't know. We're, 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 you know, it's a new band, and everyone wants to hear you know, the, the Dead Moon songs, but you, know, we, don't, we don't do a, a lot of them. We'll, we'll whip one out every now and again, and you know.
0: Well, how about for people hearing the Dead Moon songs? You guys are going to be going to Europe soon, and there's some sort of Dead Moon cover band called Dagger Moon.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they're from, from Holland, I think. And, so, uh,
0: so have you thought uh, about getting them to open up for you and play all the Dead Moon and it gets it out of everybody's system and then you can go on and play the Pierced Arrows.
1: That'd be that'd be pretty funny. It'd be it'd be funny for me. It might be uh you know <laughs> it'd put Fred and Titty on the spot. Maybe they'd they'd there'd be a lot of washing or something. I don't know. <laughs> it'd be pretty fun though. Kelly of the Pierced Arrows You're
0: playing drums, Tootie's bass. What's the history behind that bass? I looked at it, and it looked really, really interesting. Is it like a Vox teardrop? What's the history of that particular bass? How long has she had that? Has she had that going way back to the Rats? Whose bass? Is that the guy from the Weeds bass? What's the history of that bass?
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm not not sure. You know, she actually told me where she got it. Um, She's had it forever. It's a Bill Wyman model of a, you know, it's a teardrop Vox, like you said. It's ancient, and I believe it's it's been broken a couple times. And I think she may have played it in the wrath. I think there might be a photo that I've seen that she, where she's playing that. I I think she's had a couple though.
0: Fred also makes guitars. Does he still make guitars? So if the bass breaks, can they fix the bass? Like, what does Fred still make custom guitars?
1: Well, he's always tinkering with his own his own guitar. You know that one. Uh, the the thing he plays is uh kind of a Frankenstein uh amalgamation of uh, various guitar parts. But yeah, he he makes well, he doesn't really make guitars anymore, but he did. Um I actually own own a guitar that he made. It's a it it's also like a teardrop vox shape, but it's a six string. And it's really cool. sparkly silver. <laughs> Pretty snazzy.
0: What bands out there, Kelly from the Pierced Arrows, are playing Fred Cole-designed guitars? Are there any bands out there on the road today that are playing Fred Cole guitars aside from your own?
1: Well, I'm sure there are. I don't know of any offhand. I know there are a lot of people. I, you know, he's he's made a lot and he's sold them over the years through his shop. But I can I can definitely say that nearly every. Musician that started in the 80s in Portland bought one of their earliest guitars from uh, Captain Whiz Eagles, which was he and Tutty's music store back in the 70s and the 80s.
0: Including, I think Courtney Love, she bought a guitar from them too.
1: No, I wouldn't be surprised. Did
0: you have any Courtney (laughs) encounters at all? Were you in Portland at that time at all, Kelly?
1: No, I I never met her. I never met her. I um. You know, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in another band with someone who supposedly dated her at one time. I think. So the rumor goes, I haven't had the uh, nerve to ask him. but
0: uh. Is that the guy from the band Theater of
1: Sheep? No, no, no. <laughs> no. No, I've, I've never run into her. I was, uh, she, that was a little before my time. I think, you know, she's probably about 10 years older than me.
0: So, Kelly, you lived in Portland for a bit. You played in Resist and you ended up in Europe. Did you play in bands in Europe? What bands did you play with in Europe?
1: Oh god! I was in a bunch of bands, you know. Through the years, almost all of my bands were just kind of these hardcore and anarcho punk bands that probably a lot of people into. You know, the Arrows thing probably haven't heard of, but you know, I, I I played in a lot of bands over there and toured around. I was in, uh, you know, a band called Cluster Bomb Unit in Germany. A band called Murder Disco Experience in Germany, and did a few shows with a. Old British band called Disorder, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a band slut. I'm, I'm in, I'm always in at least two or three bands. <laughs> Kelly,
0: did you play any of those Holiday in the Sun festivals? You know, those giant punk gatherings they
1: have. It's more <laughs>
0: punk than anarcho. But did you play any of those in this in Europe?
1: Well, no. I, um, I'm w- one of my other bands, Defiance, uh, played at least one of those in England. And that was during the period where I wasn't in the band. I I quit that band for about 10 years, and I just recently rejoined about two or three years ago.
0: What was on the bill for that particular gig? What was on the bill? What was served up on that gig? Was it some hilarious, giant, big gig? They always had great bands playing, some hilarious ones.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, no, fat old British guys that have been, uh, you know, hustled out of uh, retirement at the prospect of maybe regaining a bit of their former glory i, I guess that that that's pretty funny uh, <laughs> i i'm not too much into these you know big monsters of punk reunion sort of shows that that's not really my thing you know it kind of takes the teeth out of the whole out of the whole culture, I guess.
0: (laughs) Kelly, what band was your dad in that played with Fred, or was actually, your dad was in a band with Fred Cole? and we're speaking to Kelly from the Pierced Arrows, what band was your dad in that was in with Fred Cole? What band was that?
1: Um, that was a band called Albatross, and it was, uh, it was right after the Weeds or the Lollipop Shop broke up, and it was Fred and then Rich, who was the drummer in the Weeds and the Lollipop Shop, and, uh, my dad and like another guy, and uh, they, you know, I've been told that there might be a practice tape floating around. They never really, re- they never released anything, but there might be practice tapes. And Tootie keeps promising to, one of these days, root through all the boxes of crap that they've accumulated over the years and try and find it. But I haven't heard them. Great. The only thing that exists from that band that I've got is a promo photo sheet like a photocopied promo thing that has like their phone numbers on it and uh you know uh, a a really neat picture that they look like they're you know 1970 Black Sabbath or something you know a lot of paisley shirts and mustaches <laughs>
0: does fred remember any of the songs
1: uh you know i've never asked him i've never asked him but uh that that would be that'd be interesting
0: That'll be something to bust out tonight at the Biltmore. Go down and see the Pierced Arrows play an albatross cover. Not a Dead Moon cover, but an albatross cover tonight yeah, right, at the Biltmore in Vancouver with Vapid and the Manipulators and Kelly on drums. Kelly on drums. But you're playing yeah. you're playing bass so in some of these other bands you've mentioned, like yeah. Resist.
1: Yeah. Well, okay, Resist has been burned up since about nineteen ninety three. They actually recently got back together, but I'm not playing in the band. Uh, yeah, I mean, bass is my main instrument. I play guitar and bass and drums, uh, but bass is kind of my favorite instrument. So.
0: <laughs> Kelly of the Pierce Darrows, you mentioned Albatross came out of the Lollipop Shop, and that's what I began with on the Nardwari Human Serviette radio show the song Who Will Read the Will by The Lollipop Shop. That was Fred Cole's band, I guess, before <laughs> Albatross. I love that song. I love that song, Who Will Read uh, the right. Will. It's I, great. The lollipop shop stuff is incredible. How big were the lollipop shop? Because, of course, they had a hit with The Witch.
1: Yeah, you, you know, they used to play a lot in California and kind of up and down the West Coast. Uh, I don't think they... I mean, they never toured extensively, you know, east of of the kind of the coast strip, but um, I think they, they had a... a slight degree of notoriety
0: it seems like fred had some brushes with some pretty famous people is it true that he like bunk bedded with stevie wonder fred cole and stevie <laughs> wonder sleeping together
1: you know I, I just i i actually just read that in a in an, an article about fred and tootie in a, a portland magazine I, I hadn't heard that particular story but uh it, it's amazing some of the some of the stories he he pulls up every now and again, you know, you're just like, what? How has this never come up before? <laughs> he, he's kind of the uh, the Zelig of the rock scene, you know, the Woody Allen character. He just pops up. <laughs> he's kind of the peripheral figure around all these other uh, these famous acts, you know. <laughs> well,
0: how about Frank Sinatra? Fred Cole versus Frank Sinatra. Have you heard about right. that one?
1: No, I haven't heard that one. <laughs> was there was there a Fred Cole, Frank Sinatra run-in? I think there time? might
0: have been, because I think Frank Sinatra might have had something to do with his record label, with Fred's record label, with the Lollipop Shop or the Weeds or something like that, wow. or Frank Sinatra's son, you know what I mean, something. Yeah, so there there's might...
1: probably some shady business there. It's probably, yeah, that, that's why the, the record probably came and went so quickly. It was, uh, it was a tax write-off. I, I don't know, if there's a Fred Cole frank sinatra connection that that'd be cool and if not it's a good rumor to to spread anyways because it's kind of cool kelly of the Pierce arrows
0: your brand new ep that i have in front of me i'm not sure if it's brand new or not looks pretty brand new what label is that on it says tombstone is it really on tombstone records is that the only label it's on
1: yeah yeah so far all of our all of our releases have been on tombstone and that's fred and tootie's label is that um, the most
0: recent thing like a, this four song EP with like paranoia ain't life strange?
1: Yeah, yeah. That that's uh well, that's that's been out for that's been out since last fall. So it's not that new. We did just record an LP that's going to come out on Vice Records um pretty soon. It's out. We just recorded like, you know, a month or two ago.
0: I saw Fred and Tootie interviewed on Vice TV. On Vice TV, the soft-focus TV show.
1: Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that, but yeah. It's yeah, on, I've heard about it.
0: It's on the internet. It was shot live. In a live interview at the Baghdad Theatre. What's that place like, the Baghdad Theatre?
1: Oh, uh, that's great. That's uh, uh, It's a big theatre kind of group hub thing. There's a local... Uh, brewing company that buys up old historical property around Portland and turns it into uh turns them into big crazy bars and they're they're really they're really cool places. You can watch a movie and drink beer and really good beer.
0: Well speaking of Frank Sinatra, did the Frank Sinatras the Frank Sinatras of Seattle, Eddie Vetter and Steve Turner come out to any gigs lately? Have they been out to any gigs?
1: <laughs> yeah, Steve, uh, Steve uh, comes out to our shows every once in a while. I'm trying to think of, actually, yeah, we just played a a show in Portland about two weeks ago, and and Steve popped up. I haven't seen Eddie for about a year, or about two years, actually. We played in Seattle. Our first time in Seattle was two years ago now, basically, um, two years ago this month, and he showed up at that show, and, you know, really nice guy.
0: We're going to end right now, Kelly, from the Purest Arrows, with the song Ain't Life Strange. That's sung by Tootie, isn't it? Yes, yes. What can you say about that particular track?
1: Uh, pretty much sums it up. <laughs> we, we, uh, I, I guess everyone lives a strange life to a degree. We, the three of us, uh, yeah, we, things are pretty weird, <laughs> but, but in a good way.
0: And again, if people want to hear Fred and Tootie, they can go tonight, now. Well, actually, not tonight, right now, but in a few hours, today, Friday, <laughs> to the Biltmore to go see the Pierce Darrows with Vapid and the Manipulators. And if you want to hear Fred and Tootie's voice right now, go to nardwar.com, go to the radio show page, and you can click on my interview with Fred and Tootie. And right now, if you're listening to CITR, well, you're hearing the voice of Kelly, the drummer of the Pierce Darrows playing tonight in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Well, thanks so much, Kelly. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all?
1: Um, yeah, just uh, hope to see everyone out to the show tonight. Come, um, uh, drink some beer with us and have a ball. Can't wait.
0: Well, uh, thanks so much, Kelly. Keep on rocking in the free world and do- do-do-do-do-do. doo
1: alright man. <laughs> thanks a lot.
0: Almost, Kelly. do do doo do do
1: Uh, right. <laughs> i oh. not much of a scat singer. Uh, almost. do almost. do doo Yes. All right. Thank you. Yeah. All right, man. Talk to you later.
2: brought us here The way what was left behind Memories we have intact Are fading like a photograph
0: listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we have in the studio today? Hello, are you there?
3: I, brain eater, is
1: here.
0: Who are you, I, brain Eater? I am me. And who have you brought with you? I have brought Bernard. And who are you, Bernard? Same here, I am me. You are Bernard. Yeah, I sure am. Bernard, promoter, entrepreneur for this upcoming Love Affair event. Could you tell the people about that?
4: On August 20th at the brand new venue, formerly the Plaza. Um, yeah, we're having a, of uh, obviously, the great Jim Cummins as Brain Eater, uh, as I, Brain Eater, uh, performing there. A Lux Interior tribute song. and uh, Elvis
3: was right. He was right. That's the name of the song. Elvis oh, okay. I right. yeah. <laughs> didn't know that. No one's heard the song yet. Even me. It's still in the process. We're making it up as we go along. Not making it up. It's made up. We're just trying okay. to get it done right. Yeah. yeah. You know, it'll be great. It's going to be hot.
4: Yeah.
0: And this is happening at the venue, not yes. at the love affair. Not, well, there's no love affair anymore. Right. But there once was a love affair, and we're taking you back today on an Ardwater mm-hmm. Human Serviette radio show mm-hmm. to the love affair. And I, brained Eater, Jim Cummins, what did we just hear there? We heard your entire first
3: EP. That was the first EP, yeah. That was a really crazy one. That was, like, way, way back before time began, I think 1979. Who was playing on that particular Oh, uh, we had Dave Gregg on guitar, we had Ian Tiles on drum, we had Buck Cherry on bass, and we had the legendary Art Bergman on keyboards.
0: Now, will you be playing these songs next Thursday at the venue? What's going on exactly? You're doing a cramps tribute. A bit yeah, more yeah, background please. Very important. Right, a tribute bad, to Lux, Well, you know, Sorry.
3: this is a tribute to Lux. I, I got, I, I was, it was in the spring, I was walking down the street, going to the dentist, I was going to have my teeth started to be fixed, saving my life, the whole nine yards. All of a sudden, I was hit by this emotion, by this feeling and everything like this. And all of a sudden, I had a song coming to me from Lux, because he had just passed away. And it's all about him meeting up with Elvis in heaven. Had you met the Cramps before? Yes, I have. I partied with him a little bit once many years ago backstage and stuff like this with Lux and Poison there. We were having a good time, yeah. When
0: was that? Was it in the 80s or in late the 90s? 80s, yeah,
3: late 80s. Era. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have mm-hmm.
0: you drawn them before in any of your art? Because I know Nicole Steen from the Tarte Gallery oh, yeah. did some, smell, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. mm-hmm. some ah. smell of female gloves that I actually bought. Some actual smell of female gloves.
3: Have you used Lux in any of your artwork? Because, of course, you're a great artist as well. Well, well I mean, is, is, is it, yeah, I got this t- uh, cowboy T-shirt and actually I tried to make Lux riding the the, the the cowboy. I mean, riding the horse. Riding the cow. Riding this... No, riding the horse. Yeah, yeah. So he's getting <laughs> he's getting bucked on this horse and it's one of my T-shirt designs and it looks like Lux, I think, you know. Yeah, so Lux has always been in there for me, yeah.
0: I've always wondered about that. When you draw somebody, do you have to pay money to the person you're drawing? No, they don't catch me. Because <laughs> you have this giant exhibition that I saw at Subi's and with some big giant rat finks up oh, there. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah. But they're my own. They're on my own. They're a little different. A little different. It's a homage, too. The homage. Has anybody homage. ever done your artwork and not paid you
0: anything? Or have you ever got angry at any of your art has been, yeah, ended yeah, but, up anywhere well, else? Well,
3: we had this once with Skinny Puppy, actually. It was like uh, they, they just formed and, and all of a sudden they would put out these uh, posters ar- around town. And Dan Joy came in holding one of the posters and went, Jim, they ripped off your skull and crossbones. And then we looked at him. and went, holy shit, they did. So off we went to go... Deal with this little matter, which was probably going to turn into a, a little thumping if necessary, because you're not going to do that. And then, but they backed right down. They said, "We're really sorry. We had someone just throw it together for us." And we, I guess he grabbed your skull and crossbones, and I went, mmm. And so they let go of that, and all's been well ever since. So We
0: ended up doing album covers for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically, they ripped off your stuff, and in in return, they let you do their album covers and paid nicely. Yes. And in return, they indirectly helped me experience punk for the first time because the very first punk gig I ever saw. Was on July 5th, 1985, ah, at the uh, New York uh, Theater, yeah. Skinny Puppy, with yeah. who opening? Me? I Brain Eater. <laughs> so, who was the first punk I ever saw on stage? Me? You, I Moi? Brain Eater, Jim Moi? Cummins. Moi? I think I remembered you did Step <laughs> and Stone. Did you do Step yeah, and Stone? I was in there at one
3: point, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that in yeah. a set.
0: What do you remember about that gig? July 5th,
3: 1985. Who was in the band at that time? Andy Graffiti? On drums, there's two yeah, pieces, right? There's just two pieces of that one. Yeah, but we played a full band thing at Love Affair set for two ni- for, for a night with uh, with Buck and a whole bunch of other people, Joe Avney, steve St- and 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 the whole gang there. Uh, but that. One, I think you're talking about, yeah, that was just uh, Andy and me, yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And what sort of ta- songs were you playing at that point? Because we began oh, it the ed,
3: it, it was Edge, you know, Modern Man, uh, So the songs on, we heard time. at the beginning yeah. of the Nardwark yeah, yeah, and yeah. the Radio Show. And Andy was great. He was really great. Did
0: great. you play those songs live very much with Art Bergman and Buck Cherry and all them?
3: Uh, we only had about three or four gigs because we were so volatile. Actually, our whole career together ended at the uh, uh, the Omondo Cabaret at the Commodore where um, Buck would hit me over the head with a bass. Uh, I <laughs> <laughs> throw garbage on the audience uh, and run around with no pants on basically on stage because uh, that's a longer story they explain than we can do right now and art bergman we were all banned from the commodore for life after that show maybe a bit of background on you i brain eater specifically mm-hmm. what exactly do you do
0: because you have music and you have art and how long have you been doing it this For of people that don't know ever it's all my life
3: it's all i've ever done Mid seventies, I, I, yeah, all I, was, started, I right? was raised at the racetrack. My father's a horse trainer, so I was always in uh, White, Rat, White Rock, White Rat, Rock, White Rock, White Rock, and Langley, and all that and stuff. There's out in Langley it was, yeah. And then basically I used to hang out with Bergman and Buck and those guys in White Rock and beach apps and places like that with Bill Shirt and the gang and stuff like this. And then we basically uh, all kind of filtered into the city, and then and punk was here, and we were ready for it. The gig
0: that I saw on July 5th, 1985 mm-hmm. at the New York Theatre, mm-hmm. at that time, Bernard, where were you? Why weren't you at that gig?
4: I, was, I just wasn't.
0: What were you doing? You were at the Love Affair at that
4: time. No, I, Well, I might have been, yeah, probably. Um, I, I'd seen uh, Skinny Puppy two months prior to, the, no, three months before that at uh, Love Affair itself. Uh, the, I believe it's February 17th, 1985, so... Um, so you remember the date, too. Oh, yeah. I believe, I I hope I've got the right date. I'm usually pretty good with that. Was that,
0: that the so. first time you saw Skinny That's Puppy? That's the
4: very first time. I believe it's their second time so they ever did. So yeah. I, I saw an early Skinny Puppy show then. Yeah. You saw a very early very, one. Yeah, July 5th, early. 1985. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, you did. A, a legendary one. And you're
0: recreating all this magic kind of next Thursday night at the venue, right, well, Bernard? Not, well,
4: the week after this Thursday. The 20th, right? The 20th, yeah. Wow, we're
0: well in advance here. Lots of time for people to buy tickets, Which right? Depends, absolutely. And there are tickets available. If people want more info on this event. yeah,
4: They can either call me at uh, 604-374-5610. Yeah, they can buy my Club Zone. Flaming Angels uh, or The Fall on Seymour Street, and at Zulu Records. So, yeah. What did you think of Skinny Puppy when you first saw them? Love them, love them. Thought they were absolutely phenomenal. I was blown away by their sh- their sh- their show. So. When did you first see Jim I Brainy there? When did you guys first meet? Well, I, I, I never really met him until I actually met him until 1989 uh, at uh, the BD Street Studio. So, um, and. Uh, but i always I always heard so much about him. I, I used to see him at the Love Affair, of course. But <laughs>
3: I love that Love Affair.
4: So you did you act were, there, so yeah. Me and
3: Steve, love, Steve Love and Jim cum That was the thing. We were we were the second. Well, that was the third incantation of Brainerd. First, it was with Ian and the boys, and then the second one was, was with Trevor and Evo, and then the third. Then Steve and me split from them, and then we had the studio thing, and we even in the days of. Uh, of the, the second band thing. Well, I was always at Love Affair, too. I was kind of like, I remember going there when, when, <laughs> when the gays were on the roller skates, scooting around, you know, and serving drinks. Because uh, we'd go in from the valley there, and, our, you know, and, and I had some gay friends and stuff of like this, and so we would go down there and have a great time.
0: And now it's called Love and Grace, because you include Graceland in there, right? Bernard? Well,
3: no.
4: Um, at the first three events I threw two years ago were, uh, I call them Love and Grace Affair, which, where I combined Graceland but my, my company's called Love and Grace Entertainment. Um, but, I, you know, the, the great Greek owners, Nick Carisotis, allowed me to use the uh, actual Love Fair name and logo. So here I am.
0: <laughs> Jim, what were the reactions yeah. to iBrainEater? I saw you with the drummer, Andrew yeah, Graffiti. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Did you ever have a drum machine? Because I, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I found a quote, and it said, "quote I saw BrainEater open for DOA in 1985, but the synth drums drove me into the lobby. Ah Success
3: Yeah, well there we go You know, he's upsetting is he's always good You know, it's always a great way to start Yeah, actually that drum machine, the 808 I just sold it to Tom From Copyright Mirror Yeah, yeah, he, yeah he just bought all that stuff off me We just, we just you know It was just sort of like the time had come And now he's, got, he's using those things, yeah
0: What do you remember about that particular gig In 1985 playing with DOA Or gigs with DOA and drum machine?
3: Uh, I can't remember them, actually uh, Long story short, you know I don't remember anything how did people like the drum machine now? They didn't. They didn't like the drum no. machine, and, eh? And, and we, well, we would have our difficulties with it, too, because it was like, never do what it did in the studio, type of thing. They never had the sound system really set up to handle something of that presence and that level, you know? So the result would always be kind of like instead of, you know, which is always kind of embarrassing when you want to be and you get. So, yeah.
0: Jim, you've brought in a whole bunch of tunes here today, particularly. One called The Fly, Yum Yum. What do you want to hear right now? Monster Large? What do sure, you want to that hear? that sounds great.
3: Yeah, that's good What's one. this
0: particular song, yeah. and what's the lineup from okay, here? Okay,
3: okay. Dave, uh, Dave Rave did the mix on this one. This one was done uh, with uh, Mike Hills and Mike Lowe and, uh, and Drum Machine.
0: And the Drum Machine. What mm-hmm. year was this particular one done? And thank you for assembling this. I must tell the listeners well, out all there, you've brought an amazing display of stuff 88 here today. 88, probably. This is an amazing. What have you brought today? Baby brain eater
3: for you there. You it, know to keep you warm and fuzzy in those cold, cold winter nights.
0: And these custom CDs, DVD yeah. art. This is incredible. The Brain
3: Eater story. You gotta get into that one sometime. That that tells the whole truth. Nothing but now, the truth. No, is that a DVD or is that a CD? It's a CD, but it's just it's just, it's just talking. He it tells the whole truth. Nothing but the truth.
0: Well, maybe we can pop some of that in a bit yeah. later here, live on CITR, Denard, where Human yeah. Serviette Radio Show. No. This is I brain Eater with Monster Large, and you can check out I brain Eater on the. Not next week, but on the twentieth yes, of yes. August at the venue in yes. Vancouver, at British Columbia, Canada. Yes. yes, the X Plaza, and also appearing adjective.
4: Well, um, I have to re- sort of explain it here. That what, what's happened is uh, something happened where, unfortunately, they uh, we can't they can't perform live at this this particular night uh, for, due to some unforeseen circumstance and so we're still going to play a lot of their stuff they're going to be there the band um, unfortunately it can't happen that night but uh, they're all going to be there you know I love their stuff I think they should be uh, the next Interpol so to speak so um, they're fantastic but so. Jim's cramps song will be there oh yes, yes. oh yeah yes. they will be there so oh, this yeah.
0: isn't about the cramps it's Monster Large I Brain Eater live on CITR FM 102 Cable 102 Vancouver Bridge Columbia, Canada Nerdwater Human Serviette Radio Show Oh, my God. Listening to CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwari Human Serviette radio show. And what did we just hear there? Jim Cummins, I, Breen Eater, and your friend Bernard. What did we just hear that there? That was Yum Yum. A bit of background on that, please. I
3: think it could be a cat food commercial, actually. It was all about love and <laughs> girls and everything like this, but it kind of found out like a cat food commercial. Yum Yum Yum, I love you. I mean, it just. I don't know. I get goofy sometimes.
0: And who was playing on that? And who was playing oh, on the song before I, that? And what song okay, did we hear okay, before okay, that? Okay,
3: And the one you heard, heard before was uh, uh, what was it? Monster Large. Monster Large. And actually I boo-booed. I played both those songs all myself. That's all me playing on both those songs actually. Uh, it's dragons that Mike Hill and Mike Lowe played on. Uh, so basically what you just heard was just me. That's it.
0: When you were doing a lot of your music, I, Brain Eater, were you always I, Brain Eater? Or did you ever play in anybody else's nah, band?
3: No, no, no one ever wanted me. It was just I either had to make my own band or I had no band.
0: Because you were growing up with all these people there were in all mm-hmm. these different bands. Mm-hmm. Were you ever asked to join on bass or drums or guitar no. or play with any of the no. other bands in Vancouver? No,
3: they just always used to feel sorry for me and play with me.
0: And any reason that you didn't beg to get in their bands? Did you ever really want to get in any of their bands?
3: No. You just want to create. Because I, I was painting and sculpting and everything like that, so the time was pretty full. And by the time, I just want to go to the show and go crazy, lose it, you know?
0: And speaking of your amazing artwork, Jim Cummins, oh, sure. how many nude ladies have you seen throughout the years? Too many. How many would you say, though? Like one a day for the past 30 years? Like oh, how yeah, many, how yeah. many nudes yeah, do you thousand. paint a year, basically? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. 10,
3: 10, 15, 20. I don't know. Don't know.
0: Quite I a few naked us. ladies. Well, yeah,
3: and they all, yeah.
0: And they appear on, like, surfboards yeah. and yeah. skimboards and yeah. stuff. I was wondering, who is the naked lady on a lot of these boards? Is it the, who are you imagining? Is it somebody you've actually someone painted? I've is never, there, is,
3: someone I've never found.
0: Is, is, there's no actual name to that person? Like, who is the girl you've been drawing all these years? No, who is that girl?
3: No, no she just, she, she exists somewhere. She exists between my ears, and that's about it.
0: Because there were a lot of like interesting Brain Eater girls around yeah, you in the yeah. 80s, weren't yeah, they? Yeah. I mean, almost kind of there gr- is a... groupies, almost.
3: And there is a look. There is a look and a feel and a direction. And, and it does keep rearing its uh, beautiful heads, shall we say.
0: And interestingly enough, Bernard, are you bringing some of these Brain Eater groupies to Jim Cummins' I bring his performance on the 20th well, at the venue? I don't
4: have to bring them. They'll be there themselves. But you there. have Karen Campbell appearing. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know Karen Campbell. Isn't
0: that oh. Karen Campbell from Pilot One in the nineteen eighties? You remember her?
4: Yes, yeah. I do. Yes, I remember as a model. She used to model with my sister in the eighties. Yeah, that's what I was like, just curious.
0: That's why, that's was she I'm... a brain eater girl there? Jim Cummins, Karen Campbell. Do you remember her from? Yeah, the I 19- remember because oh, we were in yeah. that Pilot One. Oh, show. So yeah.
3: she's just frat. Yeah, I mean she's a brain eater chick. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's got it. She's got the style. she's, she's yeah. an she's awesome great, girl. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. What did she end up doing after Pilot One? She was on the CBC. What
4: did she end up doing? I think she went to. Uh, did She did something like MTV, I believe. She did. She did a lot yeah, of. Yeah, because yeah. she's listed yeah, yeah. on your yeah. list of stuff. Oh, of, people, of course she is. Of I people mean, performing. Who else is going to well, be she's there? Not, but she's not performing. She's just going to be there. But I,
0: but I thought it's neat know. that you listed who's going to be there. Yeah, That's really I awesome. Am. You're I mean, so efficient for her. Well, Who else is going to be there at this thing?
4: Um, I hope you know the the boys from Image of Vogue. You know Gary, I hope, and Joe, and you know Kevin. Of course, can't be here, and Stephen can't be here because they're in LA right now. And but. More about the, more about skinny puppy tomorrow night, so <laughs> um, some good news for that. So um.
0: all happening at the venue. Yes. On the twentieth. We have I Brainer here live on CITR. You do not have your cramp song, but you're gonna be debuting it.
3: Your amazing cramp song. I woke up from a dream with a terrible scream, a vision standing there in front of me was a golden man in Vaseline. He said his name is Luxe, he had a real cool scene, and that's all you get for now.
0: I Brain Eater live on CITR F one hundred two Cable one hundred two Vancouver British Columbia Canada. The art that you've done, I Brain Eater. You did a Big John Bates cover, didn't you? Yeah, big I John Bates. Did, well, I did about
3: three now. I, I did. Uh, I just did uh, Bangtown, which which we got out now, and then I did uh, Take Your Medicine, and then I did um, the Tiki one. uh, Mystique, uh, uh What is it? Mistika, Mystica. Mistika. Yeah. So I did three of those. Yeah. And you did the Skinny Puppy yeah, album cover. Uh-huh. How
0: many Skinny Puppy album covers did you uh, do? A couple,
3: right? Yeah, I had uh, uh, Too Dark Park, um, Spasmolytic, um, a couple others in there, a Hilt cover for Kevin too. And, um, and, uh, and 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 Kevin's got a great collection of my work. He's been a great Fabulous collector over the years, so that's really cool. I love him for that. And and and, and the Pointed Sticks and, Perfect and the, Youth and the original Pointed Sticks Perfect Youth cover, you know that's that, what's so amazing on these CDs that you've handed me.
0: I kind of figure it's like the same writing that's on the back of the Pointed Sticks record. It's like amazing, you like you just writing on the CD is kind of art, isn't it?
3: Hey, the, those are originals. The, the, those are. The, I
0: don't think that's your writing, though. Is it? That's mine too. Actually. Oh, that's yeah, your writing. That, okay. that was
3: very because I forgot all about that, and I was supposed to be heading. Out the door and I'm trying to burn this thing and get it out the door to the brain eater story. And stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, but that's really neat
0: though when you're an artist, yeah. like you writing the titles on a CD, which a lot mm-hmm. of people don't think about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. You actually writing the titles yeah, on the yeah, CD. Yeah, that is yeah. you don't even need to really listen to the CD. People are just happy just to look at your actual words wow. written down. Wow. Because I was thinking these are the same words that are written on the back of the point of sticks perfect youth that yeah. we tried to recreate for my rock and roll band, the evaporators, but it didn't quite. Oh work. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Well you, you caught you caught me at a little uh, one of my bad phases, which have had, I've just, like I said, I just, you know, I think I was in the middle of my coma period when we were talking. and, And I'm out of the coma now. It's all good. It's all good. You know, I mean, um well basically you said you weren't really inspired there was no like inspiration for it but mm-hmm. i was thinking the big
0: john bates album cover that you did it's like some naked ladies but you got in trouble for that it was too racy apparently always
3: yeah 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 i mean um
0: what is too racy why I were people know. offended by I the big know. john bates album cover
3: it's just it's just it was the last night of the tiki gods on earth and it's just this strange painting with these gals and these tiki gods around them and and what's offensive about it i haven't got a clue you also did "I Dog Eater," Bob oh, Dog. Yeah. Bob got me on one there. Yeah, yeah, Bob got me going to the. Yeah, was
0: yeah. anybody confused by that? "I Dog uh, Eater," uh, "I Brain Eater." I was,
3: I was personally, I was. Yes,
0: it was a great album cover, though. Yeah, thanks. Have yeah, you yeah. done any recently?
3: Um, not for Bob. Um, the John Bates is the last one I did. Oh, I, I did Simon Snotface's book cover.
0: And who is Simon Snotface He's for people a that don't legendary know? Legendary
3: punk rocker from right from the beginning. Uh, Wild man, just complete wild man out of from beyond, from be, from the beyond, and 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 there's stories there I can maybe tell one time too. But it basically, he just got his book out, uh, "Prisoner of Evil," um, and I did the front cover from a painting of mine. And uh, what's
0: the book about? Is it about punk rock in Vancouver? No, no, it,
3: it, it's kind of a Dungeons and Dragons, Conan the Conqueror type of thing happening, and it, so it's quite uh, gritty, shall we say, very gritty.
0: So you've attended a few of Bernard's events, haven't you? Oh yeah, yeah. Bernard has put you to
3: work, hasn't he? uh, Well, we did that Warhol thing last year.
4: That's fantastic.
0: And you did actual paintings of people. Yeah. yeah, And it wasn't your hands that ended up hurting.
3: It was your feet that hurt, right?
0: Oh, yeah. I I, I found that interesting. You think like a painter's hands would hurt, but why would your feet hurt? I don't get it. I
3: never got the move off the spot. Once it begun, the lineup was around the block for people to be painted. And I was painting as fast as I could, and it wasn't fast enough. And my feet never moved, but my hands were flying. So by the time I was done, I felt like my feet had been cut off at the ankles and I was walking on stumps. Explain what was happening, Vernard. People were lining up to
0: get their paintings. How did that work? People just lined up? What was what, what did you envision? What that I envisioned before? Yeah, what did you env- you didn't envision that Jim would have sore
4: feet. Well, no, I didn't I didn't envision Neither that, did I. but I I knew about the lineup because I, I know his pool. I know his his uh, groupie base so <laughs> is that
3: the hardest you've worked Jim at anything is that the hardest <laughs> you've worked that was, ever that was one of the great hardest ones yeah but yeah. that was
0: kind of a neat thing about yeah. Yeah. a love affair yeah. love and grace it, event yeah. it happening.
4: was so cool it was you know he had at celebrities nightclub he had the uh, he had his own sort of warhol type studio uh, set up at the end of the dance tinfoil and all tinfoil and all and lighting he had little uh, videos, videos going. running and mm-hmm. it was just amazing I still there's videos on YouTube about it, uh, yeah, about it so, yeah it was great really yeah. fun
3: it was really fun Yeah.
0: At the love affair, were there ever any female DJs?
4: Was it all guys? Not that I'm aware. Jocelyn? Mm -hmm. I think there might have been one Mm -hmm. in the early 80s, I believe. But I mean, I could be wrong. But um, Mm -hmm. I don't think. I think there might have been one. I heard of a Jocelyn. I could be wrong. But.
0: Because it seemed to be a lot of guys were doing the action, mm. like Terry from Network Records. Was he being yeah. a
4: DJ? Yeah, he was a DJ, yeah. Mm. And
0: Darren from CITR, Darren Ryder, he was out there?
4: Yeah, but he was there from, like, he was there from 1999 uh, to 2003 till it closed. Um, and also, you know, the, uh, the legendary Richard Evans. Mm-hmm. He yeah. started yeah. Richard Evans. And uh, Nigel Best was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin, Kevin was a lighting person, I believe i mm-hmm. uh, did the light for the love fair a few times i believe and uh and spun a few times uh, who else is there
3: um we partied there um, forever we lived there
4: yeah <laughs> basically when steve and me we're doing oh, good trivia kim kim clark from uh kim clark chapness manager of the first floor much hmm. music yeah there we go yeah
0: uh, and we actually have a caller let's see what the caller has to say hello caller are you there
1: Oh, hello! I'm just phoning to tell you that there were two female DJs in the '80s. One, okay. Kelly, and the other, Jocelyn. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. What do you remember awesome, about Eye
0: yeah. Brain Eater Caller?
1: Um, well, that he was around and painted and came out and danced and that sort of
4: thing. <laughs>
0: And what about the Love Affair? What can you tell the people about the Love Affair? Are you going to go hang out at the Love Affair reunion that they're having at the venue next August 20th?
1: Um, possibly.
0: What do you remember about the female DJs that were happening at the Love Affair? So it wasn't all guys doing it then?
1: No, no, not at all. No. And there were guest DJs, too, that were females. That uh, Their names escape me at the moment. Well, thanks so much for
0: phoning in and adding that little tidbit. Whatever happened to Jocelyn? Whatever happened to the female DJs?
1: Well, I lost track of them. Um, I
0: don't know. Well, thanks so much for phoning in and do 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 loot do do do. And you're still listening to C I T R Radio F M one hundred and two, Cable one hundred and two, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And some new information revealed, and we have another caller. Hello, caller, are you there? Hello. Go ahead to Jim Cummins and Bernard.
2: Hey, Jim, it's uh, Arn Arts and uh, Trevor's brother. Hey, hey, Arn. How you
3: doing? <laughs> wow, where, where are you calling in from?
2: Oh, my studio. I listen to uh, CITR oh, all Oh, great. Yay, yay. Yeah, I love this show. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to uh, relate a memory many years ago when you guys played a gig up in Brackendale at ah, the Brain Eaters.
3: Uh-huh.
2: And you aired uh, a video of you, of where you chopped your dick off, fried <laughs> it in a frying pan, and then pu- ate it and puked it up in the toilet.
3: No, it was Buck that ate it and puked it up. <laughs> Actually, that? Yeah, it was Buck that ate it and puked it up.
2: Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, I only you. chopped
3: it off. Yeah, that was called uh, The Time Shall Come When Beauty is the Beast, <laughs> soon to be re-released again.
2: I couldn't believe I was seeing that up in Brackendale. It's just bizarre. Oh, that was, that'd be, yeah, because
3: the thing is, it, it, it happened because I couldn't get no action downtown in Vancouver being noticed in the art scene. I was doing these big paintings, and I was being ignored and everything else, and I went, eh, I got an idea how to get some attention, and boy did. <laughs> <laughs> I get attention.
2: Anyways, I just thought I'd... Uh, oh, that's a great that. one. I yeah. I yeah. always think about that and, <laughs> and the band, you guys. Uh, Most
3: people have seen it think so about you it. So, Collar...
2: The uh, Smiling Buddha. <laughs> yeah. I think it was the Bowery Boys or something. They were always, like, spitting on you. and Yeah, Simon Stockface and the gang. Yeah, uh-huh. and <laughs> okay. all that. Yeah.
0: So, Collar, you actually went all the way to Brackendale for a gig?
2: To, to see them play? Yeah, absolutely. It was my brother. He's yeah, yeah. Trevor's in the band. Yeah. We and we the band. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, time, Jim, were you taking a lot of photos, too? Because I read that you were taking a lot of photos, a lot of punk photos. No,
3: t- well, no, that was when I first came to the scene, basically back as far as 78. So all the pictures I got are from, like, back then. So I've got a great collection of those. By that time, I'm in the band, so I'm not taking pictures anymore. But before that, I, had, I do have the pictures like, of lots of everybody, like, at 14 and 15 years old, which is great to have still.
0: Any rock and roll bands from out of town that possibly captured on film that you could... Ca-
3: no, of? I was really I was just really into, you know, things like generators and DOA and 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 all the all the bands from back then which I'll go blank on if I try to pop up names right now.
0: Well, thanks so much for in caller. That's an amazing memory and according to Jim that film still exists.
2: Yeah, Is that right. Yeah, oh, I've uh, uh, that up somewhere.
3: Be <laughs> on YouTube soon, I'm sure. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, it's a great talking Yeah. yeah. Oh, and
2: if, and by, the, you. by the way, I've always wanted to get a copy of I don't know if it was an EP or an album you guys did. You, you did the Flexi. What's that? The Flexi that I did with Trevor. Yeah, and, yeah. and um, you you hand painted all the album covers. You you laid out all these pieces mm-hmm. of paper in a yeah. warehouse yeah. and you yeah. ran yeah. through with paints, yeah. throwing yeah. it all over the place, splattering it all over. Yeah, and all like hand made uh, album covers. They were just beautiful. Ah, oh, thanks. I thanks. remember those. I always get... want to get a copy. Another, uh, just. The music, I love the music. You're I getting just want it.
3: it, you're getting it because I, I got it stuck to the wall and I'm going to be mastering it uh, next week uh, to the computer, so oh, you, you got it, you got it. Yeah, and, right on.
0: And caller, it was an amazing release too because it was on a flexi-disc, it, right. it was a 10-inch flexi-disc, yes. not a 7-inch yeah, flexi-disc, right. but yeah. a 10-inch yeah. flexi-disc. Yeah. The first tunes we played on an Arduar Human Serviette radio show here today were reissued a few years ago by mm. Steve Turner of the rock and roll ah, band yeah. Mud Honey. remember yeah, he reissued. Yeah,
3: yeah. He, he got the very first one back out again and we couldn't get, we couldn 't afford the really thick flexi, which would have been the best. I think we only could afford the middle we didn 't get the paper thin stuff, but we couldn 't get the kind of quasi quasi almost a record flexi, so we were in the middle we couldn 't afford yeah. the, the, the the high one, but we got the middle.
2: What do you remember
3: caller about the love affair
2: um, i didn 't go to the love affair that much. My brother Trevor did all the time and uh, uh, but what I remember about it was a lot of fun. It was an amazing scene. Uh, the few times I did go, I was just like I uh, was sort of blown away by the the community that was happening there. It was uh, it was a real like uh, sort of underground art community. Was, seemed to be really frequenting the club. And before that, I think they were all at Faces, and then Faces sort of shut yeah, down. I think faces, they all migrated yeah. to Love Affair or something like yep, that.
4: Yeah,
2: yep. Yeah. Have you
0: heard about these events that Vernard is doing? These Love Affair reunion shows. Have uh, you? St-
2: I, I heard the uh, actually on your show. Uh, the, um, a, a while ago, a few months ago, I think it was, there was some... Uh, skinny
0: was, Puppy, Kevin skinny Key. Skinny Puppy,
2: that's right.
0: So they're doing the same thing all over again, Bernard, right? On the 20th of August at the venue, which is the X Plaza, and Jim's going to do a little set with the Cramps tribute, and there's going to oh, be yeah. a whole bunch yeah. of other
4: people coming out. Yeah, there's out. going to be, uh, might as well say it right now, It's DJ Darren is going to be there. He's going to be spinning with... From uh, CITR? From CITR,
0: yeah. Karen is going to be there.
4: Yes. So are you. You're coming. You're coming. Of course. Absolutely. Uh, And uh, (laughs) I wish
2: I could be there. I'm going to be out of town, unfortunately. Uh, Well, Uh, tell all your friends to come. Um, Yeah, I will. And also, get
3: Trevor down there.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, well, well, thank you for phoning in, caller, yep. and do 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 doo do do And you're still listening to CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, the Nardwara, the Human Serviette Radio Show. If anybody has any questions for Jim Cummins or memories of the love affair for Vernard, it's 604-822-247-UBC-CITR. And actually, we have some free tickets to give away. Yes. The trivia question is, the love affair is gone now, isn't it? It is completely gone, right? There's nothing left of the love affair. Leveled
4: gone. It, it's, it's, a, it's a condo now. yeah. Condo
0: However, store. it yeah. does live on for a while <laughs> as the floor in what club? This club in Vancouver that is getting threatened bought the floor of the Love Affair. If you can answer oh, which and. club in Vancouver bought the floor of the Love Affair, like the Love Floor was getting wrecked, so they sold their floor, or this club got the floor from the Love Affair, and this club is now getting threatened. If you know the answer and you phone in 604-822-247, 604 ubccitr we'll give you some free tickets to go see Jim Cummins on the 20th of August as part of this Love Affair reunion show. That's 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR. The Love Affair was wrecked, but the floor survived. And what club in Vancouver that is threatened, that is threatened, has that floor? I mean threatened, it might be closing down soon. 604-822-247-UBC-CITR. And right now, Jim, we're going to hear a track called Sacred cow what can tell the people about this
3: as as I had a girlfriend at the love affair and she was being a complete you know what and I started saying these words at her and stuff like this and then all of a sudden kind of screaming at her and then I suddenly went that's not bad for a song the rest is history (laughs)
1: Gotta kill
3: the cow.
0: still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And thank you, caller, for phoning in. You got the answer right. It's the Cobalt. The floor of the love affair was sold or given to Wendy 13 from the Cobalt. And good luck, Wendy 13. Check out on Facebook. There's a whole bunch of groups there to help keep the Cobalt alive. And I guess to keep the love affair alive in a way because it's the floor from the love affair that's at the Cobalt. And so, caller... Your name will be at the door, plus one. Yes. Then that is on August the 20th at the venue on Granville Street. What's the exact address of the venue? It's
4: uh, 881 Granville Street. Like It's across from the Commodore Ballroom. Yeah.
0: And what did we just hear there? That was Mabel. And what can you say about that particular track? Mabel, well, it was Who was actually playing on that track?
3: Me. Everything again.
0: You were playing everything
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. it' was one of those me things just yeah,
0: like you yeah. do art all the time yeah,
3: yeah. You, know, a, you know I don't share the brush so I guess I guess I got carried away with the other audio tooth didn't want to share that either yeah so' I was Mabel yeah it's just about this couple uh, kind of driving out in the desert somewhere and trying to hopefully hit a roadkill or something like this and then kind of go to the drive-in and get frisky and kind of something weird that way
0: so the caller was mentioning
3: Trevor. Yeah, who was Trevor? Trevor, tre- Trevor Jones, Trevor uh Trevor, uh, Trevor Two Thousand. Uh, Trevor was uh, in the second incantation of the Brain Eaters, and a very talented, great fellow. And basically, uh, we uh, that was the flexi disc with uh, Trevor singing songs like Johnny and stuff like this, and Closet Case on there. And and then he went on a, a solo thing and put out a, a couple CDs and stuff with all that. And then uh, yeah, we still hang out and do stuff and talk with each other and uh, do some shows now and then. And he's great, yeah. So and he's he's coming back. With a, with a bang.
0: So again, Will Jim, thanks for bringing all this music and all these neat things. Again, I'm yeah. looking at this neat brain-eater gargoyle yeah. they made that I really want to eat here. Yeah. And it makes me think about where you live and where you work. Did you used to have like a live-work space on Pender Street?
3: Yeah, upstairs there. Steve Laville let me had that place there, you know.
0: Across from the Montgomery Cafe.
3: Oh, I missed that place. No, that was 522. <laughs> that was a bit later. That used to be like a typing school. And so it had all these rooms. So everybody was like with Dan Joy and stuff like this. And, and we basically, uh, and Stan Lake and the gang and, you know, and so it was a, you'd rent a room for like a hundred bucks or so. And then you were almost like part of this giant cooperative artist community party extravaganza. Whatever happened to the Montgomery Cafe? It disappeared. It ended.
0: And I think we have a caller, hello, caller, are you there? maybe we okay, let's try hello, I mean, we don't have a oh maybe Bernard, you're making something oh okay here, oh, here we go, right what am I doing right now, hello caller hello,
3: hello caller
0: oh okay well, let me i think i'm i'm uh, I'm probably hitting the machines in the wrong way that I'm supposed to hit them, but some people actually here it is again. okay, here we go, okay, let's try right now and uh, uh, hello. Interesting, you know, some people might call this art. And hmm. while I'm trying to figure out, you could get a grant
3: for this, you know. Well, you no, could get but, a grant this for is this, what, you know. This
0: is what I want to ask you because you told me something very, very interesting, there, Jim Cummins. Yeah. What can you tell me about Andy Warhol's diaries? Because I never knew this. On Wednesday, ah, on Wednesday, yeah. on Wednesday, yeah. November the 24th, 1976. Andy Warhol came to Vancouver, British mm-hmm, Columbia, mm-hmm. Canada.
3: Yeah, and he, what did he say? Well, he was he was he was having a show at I believe the Ace Gallery thing, and and what basically he had had the show. I guess sales were pretty low. He was he was just starting his Andy Warhol diary book, and he was basically heading back to the airport. And he wrote and actually, if you open up his book, in the very first page, the very first paragraph, he goes on about they don't buy art in Vancouver. Quote: Nobody in Vancouver yeah. buys art. Though, they are
0: not interested in painting. Yeah, and... The Andy Warhol Diaries, right off the beginning. But I did... And you stayed in Vancouver, British yeah, Columbia, yeah, Canada. Yeah,
3: you know, as they say, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere.
0: The Vancouver Art Gallery, have you been displayed there at all, Jim Cummins?
3: Uh they, they had some stuff in mine years ago and stuff like this. You know, I was kind of a golden boy for a little while, but I, I failed to live up to expectations. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's a long story, you know. I mean, I, I, there's things I can't talk about due to that uh, it was a bit uh, risky and frisky some of the things that perhaps were said to me at one point, so uh, I'll have to leave it at that for now. How
0: about Condo King Bob Rennie? Has he
3: bought any of your work?
0: You know, the Condo King Bob Rennie, he's really into art, isn't he? Actually,
3: the very first house he sold, he sold to my mom and dad. Really? Actually, and they gave him one of my pieces, or he bought one of my pieces way back then. Actually, I was at a big party at his place uh, over the Christmas season or spring season or somewhere back there. Springtime, I guess it was, yeah. And I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I asked, I said, do you still have that piece of mine? And they said, well, actually, it's in the basement collection right now. But it is in the collection. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Which is important. Yeah, so I I wasn't out on the main floors for for viewing, but I, you know, I mean, like, you know, think of it this way, you know. Nobody's going to spill a drink on my piece, you know. I'm well protected. I'm down in the basement. I Brain Eater. Did you see Andy Warhol when he came to Vancouver? Uh, But my friend Art Perry took photographs of him. But you didn't make it down there, though. No, no. Well, no, actually, yeah, Art, Art took photographs of him at, um, at the, the I think, the, the Tiki place in, in Vancouver when it was still here. Trader Vicks? Trader Vicks, yeah. Yeah, he, had, he did an interview with him and took photographs. He said he was fabulous, man. Had, like, the best time with him. Just was the coolest guy ever. But you did get to see Big Daddy Roth. I did. I did. I shook Daddy's hand and it was great because it was still that period before his upswing before everybody got totally excited about him all over again. So we were at like Dodge Plymouth Dodge Plymouth on Broadway or something like this and it was just basically I went over The Art Perry had called me up about it because he knew how much I loved uh, Big Daddy as so we went over there so it was basically it was the three of us hanging out so I got some great pictures of me hanging out with Big Daddy there and he was the coolest guy the sweetest man I ever met and boy was he big and you know, I'm not a small guy but I look like Minnie Mouse compared to him
0: <laughs> I bring your what is Blockhead for people that don't know oh, and has blo- it been okay.
3: ripped off yeah <laughs> it can be take, ripped off taken anywhere Blockhead yeah they just they, they, they started off as angry little buggers uh, running around the city and freaking out and doing stuff and coming out of the country and then later on they kind of turned into cute things and they got really and everyone loved them it was it was, it was one of those weird successes like there's like it was a trouble with triples or tri- triplets or some of like this you know I, I couldn't get rid of them you know and yet they just were so popular and it was crazy yeah
0: we're going to try game with the caller hello call uh something is Some as uh, it's, it's not working at the moment i'm sorry That's weird. but we still can give away free tickets callers we still can answer Gee, it the manual yes. way but for some reason let's just see here if this, yes. this this is interesting i'm probably let's just see here if i take the it's something i've hit some button here probably it this thing is
3: <laughs> Man, this is really crazy. It he is, should be here right now. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he's going wild. Yeah, he's pushing. I, he's tweaking. He's twisting. He's turning. And but the machines were fighting back. It was getting ugly. It was like the sweat's on my brow. I can't hardly stand the pressure. It's driving me crazy. Oh my God, the buttons are just flashing and flashing. They're getting crazier and crazier. Now all of a sudden, he, he, he won't stop. He's on every machine. He's got. Oh, I think he's got four arms. I see the one. Oh, there it goes, the baby brain up. Oh, there's the flash. Oh, oh, no, oh dial no tone. No dial tone. No dial tone. No We're dial not on planet one. Earth anymore. Oh my God, we're headed to planet X. And you can check all this
0: out. (laughs) At the venue on August the 20th in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. A friend of mine was in San Francisco in the 1980s, I, Brain Eater, and she was oh. walking down the street in about 89, and she had a blockhead t-shirt oh, on, uh-huh. and then somebody said, cool, Brain Eater, I, Brain Eater, like yeah. recognition. Wow, wow. They recognized a Brain wow. Eater shirt in San Francisco. Wow, that's
3: cool. What are a lot of them sold? Well, yeah, I mean, they, they, they went, they kept going during that period, they kept just disappearing, and I'd get more and get more, and they disappeared. Actually, one of the best stories somebody was in Africa, and they walked out onto their veranda and they went with their wife and they went like, Oh, isn't this great, honey, we're finally free of Vancouver and everything in Vancouver and then they went, Oh my God, as a brain eater shirt going down the street. Wow.
0: That is almost equivalent to a story that I heard from the rock and roll band, The Shins. Mm. And I think it was The Shins, or maybe it was the band Scared of Shaka that the guy from The Shins was in previously. And I guess somehow their shirt had ended up being donated to Africa. (laughs) And if this Shin yeah. guy was watching a documentary on UNICEF and his shirt turned up there. Yeah, it's crazy when things like that happen. Did it turn up in any movies at all? Did uh, anybody
3: want to buy the yeah, rights well, for well, it? No, no. I mean, I still own it all. I didn't lose anything that way or get, or get goofed around or anything out that way. Basically, the biggest film I got in where they used all my artwork for the animation studio was Freddy Got Fingered, the Tom Green movie with, oh, uh, movie, yeah. with Drew Barrymore. If you watch that one, Drew Barrymore and him have a horrendous fight in front of one of my pieces called uh, TV Wants You Dead and Your Pettery Panties. And that was in 2004.
0: Yeah, so that's got the most exposure. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
3: That's not 2004.
0: It was, yeah, it was 2004. Freddie and Fingered. Oh, Freddie. Oh, maybe a bit before that. Uh, right? Yeah, it was before, yeah. 2000.
3: 2000. Yeah, yeah. So that this is my big claim to fame, and then it wound up being the best movie ever made.
0: Some of the people that you mentioned earlier were randy pandora what was yeah. randy pandora all about in a band exitone because they're on the vancouver yeah. complication yeah. they're
3: really awesome and oh. you have michael clark djing coming up mm-hmm. here too well well well, well, yeah. well randy pandora was great i mean when, when i saw him on stage he was about six foot seven probably weighed 110 pounds and he had on clear vinyl pants and clear vinyl shirt and his hair all spiked up and it looked and with black electrician tape wrapped around here and there, he looked like a giant praying mantis insect thing singing into the mic. And I went, this is the greatest thing I've ever experienced in my life. And he was in a band Exotone? Yeah, I can't remember which ones now. And man, the generators I, I get, too, yeah, right? Yeah, I remember the generators. I get all confused because it was, it was just too wild. And it was like, man, I was at that point, I was still I had long hair and overalls on, you know. So it was just <laughs> like, I'm going... I'm uh, gonna get this cut off mighty soon. So I think that. So then somewhere along, I remember when we were with uh, Evo and Trevor and Steve and me, we, we used to cut our hair with broken beer bottles because it was very important to, to, to keep up the creed. Did you ever miss and get any blood? A little bit, just a little bit. Nothing to worry. How
0: about the band tunnel canary?
3: Yeah, they were great. I used to love the tunnel canary because they could clear a room in thirty seconds. <laughs> It wouldn't matter how wild the punk rock gig, no matter how heavy the people were, Tunnel Canary would hit the, hit the stage, and, 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 and those two would get going, and it was fabulous. I loved it. I always stuck around for it. But it was just like people would just run out in droves. The the, the tones they were hitting, the place it went to, just stop. Did, well, it didn't stop people in their tracks. It made them run. And and that was so cool because they, they were beyond belief. You know, a, a small bunch of people would always hang out for them, and it was great to always experience them.
0: How about the opposite? People running in to see your art because you did some painting behind the young Canadians,
3: didn't you? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There was that was that was with the dead dead. There was Kennedy a great too. Bev Davies photo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, and I've got a pile Explain of
0: what was happening there. It was like the young Canadians were playing yeah. and you were painting behind art.
3: Yeah, I was painting behind art and I just started this painting and I kind of did one of my, my big classic crowd crowd sequence type things where it just, started, just starts off as a face, more face. I did something like that with uh, Bernard's Love Affair ones too. Uh, and, uh, and it just kind of built it up and by the time hopefully the band's done, I'm done too. And what I, happened to the piece? I don't know
0: have you ever had a hard time getting rid of your stuff? Like, people have been mad you've painted something and not got rid of it.
3: No, no, I mean, basically everything's gone. I mean, sometimes you find stuff like at at, at the Sally Ann, you know, in the thrift stores, you know, every now and then, you know, or actually uh, Mad Dog found a piece uh, actually in an alleyway face down in the mud and and took it and gave it to his gal and then she just recently, like, Ten years later, he gave it back to me, and I just put a frame on it. I mean, so they, they, they've been... Oh, they, you know what? BC Business this week, the paper. My buddy's looking through it, and he gets to this page, and this guy has just sold his company for something like $11 trillion, and there's one of my paintings standing right behind him. Wow. Yeah. That's really neat. Yeah. Actually, I was looking at the Vancouver Sun
0: today, and there was a profile on Dal Richards, uh-huh. and it said he lived in Beatty Street. Is yeah, that absolutely. near
3: you? Well, I'm on Beattie Street. Yeah, I thought that seen, was kind of interesting. Yeah, I've seen Del Richards <laughs> around there, though.
0: Yeah, on, so, and, yeah. You, and you were live here on CITR, f 102 Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Jim Cummins, Eye Brain Eater, and Bernard from Love & Grace Productions, putting on a gig with Jim Cummins, Eye Brain Eater, yes. on the 20th of August, right? Absolutely. But At I, the venue in Vancouver, yes. British Columbia, Canada.
4: Yes, can I add something else? I forgot to add something. Like, we're also going to be have Nancy, Nancy Black's going to be there with her... Uh, Going to have a Neo Destruct fashion show. It's going to be really, really unusual. Um, Johnny Veris, the artist, is going to be there. Uh, and uh, yeah, and tickets are $12 the advance, by the way, which is the as cheapest as I've ever had them. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 15 at the door. So. Be great,
2: it's yeah, be, be fabulous, be and a
0: special Cramp song will be debuted. It is will by Jim Cummins, a breeding yeah, er- mm-hmm. What else are you working on, Jim? Coming up, oh, a got- the Cramp song. Anything uh, else?
2: Uh,
3: uh, I got a whole ton of things. I got a whole ton of things. I'm all you have
0: with- all this music you've given me. It's incredible. Yeah,
3: yeah. and I and I got another pile of like this at home, getting up ready to go. I've been working a bit with Phil Western from. Uh, Where's with with Kevin and down and he does the download and stuff like this, you know. Uh, and so working with Phil a bit on things. We well, we did that show at Zubie's. Uh, Phil and me did this uh, performance art music piece oh, where that was great yeah. where basically uh, uh to tell the honest god truth i'm making the words up phil's making the music music up and i'm also painting uh the girls in front as uh, portraits at the same time with a sharpie marker so it was a bit fast but it was pretty crazy to do that what was really great and i'm gonna be having uh uh trace yeah i got i got well i got stuff coming up it's crazy
0: You'd mentioned a little bit about artwork in the 1970s in Vancouver, British Columbia, mm-hmm. Canada. I, about, I
3: was wondering,
0: I what about the other artists that are out there? Like, for instance, Jeff Wall and Rodney Graham. What was your interaction with them? Because they found a lot of fame. Yeah. They did and I not. Did. That you haven't found the big fame. Well, I mean, as, you know, I guess what I'm wondering is, you know, you'd mentioned it. The they condo, found the box. I found the. The,
3: I, the condo king had bought
0: some of your yeah, artwork yeah, yeah, yeah. years ago,
3: yeah. but they seem to have people that are constantly buying their work. You well, know, yeah, but they got the machine behind them. They got the they got the government run, mm. government sanctioned uh, art machine. You know, uh, that tells people what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. So for people that way, they're doing things that way. Of course, they're to make a million. What was bucks Jeff that way. Wall like? back then, you know, in his band, the U-Jerks him. and all that. You don't uh, remember any of the stuff that they did? No, I remember the U-Jerks. I like the U-Jerks. And I guess I remember him a little bit. I can't say particularly much. Uh, he was always polite to me. Always nice. How about the other visual artists, like
0: Stan Douglas, the other people that they always uh, mention when they mention can't Vancouver? Yeah, I
3: can't remember him at all.
0: How about nowadays? Have you had an interaction no, no, with them now? No, no,
3: no, no. I think I think we're all polite, as far as I know, but that's about all I know.
0: And we have a selection I, I, here from a TV show performance that you yeah. did with Karen Campbell. Yeah. We and have Paula it all Spear. comes together. Back to Karen Campbell. I bet she, yeah. better be yeah. <laughs> yeah. she better
4: be there. she better be there.
0: This is from so you put her on the list and you didn't know she was
4: going to be there. Well, well, she said she was going to come. You know. I, so you did ask. Oh yeah, absolutely. And what is the event again? It is August twentieth, uh, week and a half from now at the venue and uh it's going to be uh um unbelievable, I hope. So, yeah, it should be good. So.
0: And what particular track do we have here, I, Brain Eater? Track number ah, nine.
4: Yeah. It is
3: Hit Me With The Hammer. Hit Me With The Hammer. This is a song I kind of came up with, that you know, best way for girls to deal with boys. And the background on it is Pilot
0: One. What was Pilot One and what was going on oh, when this yeah, was know, performed? So that
3: was kind of like the CBC's, uh, CBC's attempt at being cool and groovy. So they got their, <laughs> a gang of uh, uh, really cool young actors and actresses or actors uh, all together and stuff like this, basically. And they put together this kind of hot little pop TV show and it was really cool. It was fun to be on and we got to do this thing with like uh, uh, the big blockhead guitars and stuff like that and a big blocky piece jumping around on there and, uh, and the whole gang from the show got on the stage and became my band. So they were the brainers for the show.
0: And then after that we might play another track although we're not yeah. sure what particular track that we're going to be playing right after that. It might be either The Fly perhaps? What's The Fly all about? F- I don't
3: I don't think we played The Fly. fly, or, fly or did we already play The fly? fly? Yeah, we want to get that Bowie one if we can.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Yeah,
3: then yeah. there's The brain- Story of that, but that that's for darker, darker stranger times, you know, when it's spooky and scary, children.
0: And lastly, we have another pair of tickets to give away. We can answer the phone. It's just for some reason we can't get the people on air, but we can answer the phone. And to win two free tickets to yes. go to the Love Affair event that's happening on the um, 20th yes. at the venue, people have to answer this trivia question. There was a band that got paid... $5,000 U.S., which actually to me sounds like a lot, doesn't it? it still sounds like a lot to me. Yeah. $5,000 U.S., and they played to about 100 people in well, 1989 yeah. at the Love Affair. So a real famous band, they paid, got paid $5,000, and they played to 100 people at the Love Affair in 1989. And the hint for this is, a real famous band, the guy who sings for this band is really into Twitter. In fact, he might have just quit Twitter yeah. for the second time. So phone up right now 604-822-2487 UBC CTR until the name of this famous band <laughs> that played The Love Affair in 1989 got paid $5,000, Did you ever get paid $5,000? No. Have you ever gotten nothing? Got paid nothing. My, but you've played to 100 people. I mean, yeah. to me, that sounds like yeah. a good yeah. gig, actually. Yeah. Yeah. 5000 bucks for 100 people. 1989, the lead singer of this band has recently quit Twitter. What band played the Love Affair? And also, please check out iBrainEater on the 20th of August at the venue in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, iBrainEater <laughs> or Bernard, as we kick into the song Hit me with your wow. hammer shtick. Anything yeah. else you want to add to the yeah. people out there at all? I brain Eater. Okay. Anything else you want to add to the people well, out there at all?
3: Eat brains and live. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, thanks so much. And do do doo loot do. Do do.